Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. Yeah! Coming to you from uh, the northwest portion of Gitmo Nation on the Queen's birthday. Hello. This is no agenda. That's right. Co- coming to you from the uh, Crackpot Command Center backup location in uh, San Francisco, California. It's Adam Curry and hopefully uh, someone else on the other end. Hey, I'm here in sunny, as a matter of fact, peculiarly sunny, Amsterdam, Gitmo Nation, Netherlands. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. <laughs> okay, we've been at it for about an hour now. Oops, there goes my microphone. Uh, yeah. We've had nothing but technical problems uh, this morning. Yeah, yeah it's rather been- weird. But the one technical problem I didn't have is that the sun came out today, and it actually was an outstanding day here on uh, Queen's Day, which is something of an event. So, in, uh, so yeah, Holland. so let's get into it, man. How how has Queen's Day been? Uh, this is your first experience. It's the uh, the national swap meet in the yeah. Netherlands. Yeah. Well, uh, let me just describe it or summarize for people who might want to check it out. Um, uh, infinite number of drunks. <laughs> Absolute you don't say <laughs> and the funny thing is is that they come in there the, all the parties are wednesday night and and apparently the english are the worst defenders oh yeah they no come, they, they come over just to tear the town up don't they so they come over but i'm then i'm told they come over for the wednesday night parties they party all night and all and then they keep going to the next day and then they get kind of tired i guess because it, things start to crank up again around three o'clock in the afternoon and then by six or seven or eight they leave they never spent they don't oh. come they party <laughs> for 24 hours and leave but you know they do that every single weekend anyway this is just normal fare for the brits they hop on the easy jets they uh, they bust on over they don't even get a hotel room often they just like they'll, they'll just sleep it off on the street corner I'm telling you, I don't understand how what, what a miserable flight it must be on an easy jet from Amsterdam to London after a weekend. Uh, I tell been, you, yeah, I, I don't know if you've uh, if you actually took advantage of the taxi Eric uh, service. Probably not. Not yet. I didn't have to. But. Okay, but uh, he will not take uh, anyone uh, to an easy jet flight who's British on uh, <laughs> on, either, on Monday morning or Sunday evening. He won't do it. Yeah. Of course not. He, he doesn't want to have to clean up his cab. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's nasty. Uh, how, was, how, was a, how was the party last night, man? The one I hooked I you up the, with. I thought the party was good. We got a, there a little late, so whatever drinks that were served into our little mini area were stolen. Oh. So that was it. Wasn't too, too well, what time? What time did you get there? Because I sent you a message saying you should get yeah, there. Yeah, I, I didn't get. I didn't get the message. Oh, okay. We were doing something else. We were, in fact, we were at dinner. Oh. And uh, so I didn't get there until about eleven. Oh, you but, shite! Yeah, but the party, the real entertainment at the party, didn't really start till midnight. Right. So, uh, but it was a little packed. Yeah. Yeah, but it was good. Yeah, it was good. I got to meet your friend. Yeah, she's, she's taller than you. Yeah, isn't she? Isn't she awesome? Yeah, she's she's quite nice. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, she's like six three, and she wears a top hat and <laughs> heels. So it's like. <laughs> <laughs> Did you take a pi- I hope you took a picture. I had to stand on a box. <laughs> Hi, you're Adam's friend. <laughs> Hold on. What's the weather like up there? <laughs> <laughs> it's raining. So anyway, but the you know, when I left to come to this thing, you know, to all this stuff, it was it, the, the weather prediction was was going to just be raining all week. Mm-hmm. And it just like yesterday about 10 in the morning just stopped and it was actually cleared up and there's a blue sky. Oh, which, that's nice. Which is actually kind of interesting, but the thing that's the most interesting about this, and I've got a lot of a lot of footage, which I'll post on the blog, 
is these party boats. Oh, on the canals. Yeah, this is the big thing right now uh, during the day. Yeah. And it's like everybody gets these barges and they load them up. They overcapacitize them, as it were. I mean, and I, and I can say that, that knowing it because I got to witness a boat sinking. <laughs> it does happen from time to time. Too many people on the barge. Well, this was actually a smaller boat. And we were coming and I took the big, a big boat tour just because to, I, get, I was getting tired of walking around. And I just wanted to relax. And we're going through underneath the, where the Movin Pick is, which is the hotel I'm staying at, actually. Which hotel? Uh, the Movin Pick. Mm, do you know the street name? It's right on the, on the water, uh, down from the. <laughs> yeah, that helps. Okay. <laughs> it's right on the water. You know where the central terminal is? Uh, the central station, yeah? Yeah. Okay. If oh, you I take know where a you look, are. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so, um, this boat, I guess the guy wasn't paying attention or something, and he rammed the pier. And the boat, instead of just hitting the pier and bouncing back, it kind of ran up the pier because it had one of those curved hulls. And, so the, and, the, and the back went in the water. Yeah, it went up the the the, the hill. The back went in the water. Everybody fell backwards, and then it was weighted it down more. And then the back went in the water, and it immediately sunk. <laughs> oh, that is kind of funny. <laughs> well, it wasn't luckily nobody got hurt, but luckily there was a like a, a raft right near it, and so they just pulled over and picked them up. And then as we were leaving, I've got pictures of all this, by the way. You'll find them quite amusing. I was going to turn them over the newspapers, but I can't get them off the camera. But anyway, the uh, I'm going to blog it. Yeah. So we're leaving, and uh, uh, as we go through the the hole, the under under the canal thing, the one of the police boats, I guess, to go check this out came roaring by at about 70 miles an hour just <laughs> rawr, 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 with a, with three cops in it you know i figured they're going to investigate this thing because it was actually uh it was actually something to see i wish i had that my little um i was shooting with the with the uh with the dslr rather than the little movie camera it would have been i could on youtube it would have gotten a lot of attention because uh, it was is, actually quite interesting this is to the, watch uh, it happen you can't get the pictures off your uh, off your flash drive because or your flash card because it still hose. Is that the problem? No, no. Just because I don't have the converter to load it into the machine, okay. but uh, I didn't bring it. But anyway, the uh, it was interesting because when this thing sank, it, it kind of started taking on water, and then it went backwards first. So the thing was sticking with the hull straight up. Uh, it was like vertical. Yeah. And stuck in the mud. I mean, some girl was standing on the top of it. She's just shaking like a leaf. It was just, uh, it's actually quite interesting. But, you know, our barge stopped just in case, you know, they had to. Uh, Pick someone out of the water. Yeah, so they didn't move. So I got to see the whole thing. It was very uh, inter- you know, entertaining of sorts. Uh, anyway, there's that. But there's, most of the time, it's just these boats full of uh, 20-somethings with a with a disco. They usually have a uh, a DJ on the boat. Mm-hmm. And a sound system that's cranked way up there, and uh, playing nothing more than a loud beat, and then everybody's kind of dancing on the bar- on the boat as the thing goes through, you know, the crowds. And there was a couple of traffic jams. There must have been like a hundred boats trying to get through this one, you know, underpass uh, through one of the canal areas. It's co- it was very entertaining. The place uh-huh. is getting right now. It's probably. Uh, I mean, they're already getting drunk about four o'clock. There was so, a uh, there was a nasty accident today. I saw uh, pictures. A, a car that was, uh, the, I guess, the the queen was on her uh, her double decker bus, uh, saying hi to her minions with uh, other members of the royal family, and then some car careened right through the crowd, killing two people, injuring twelve. Looked pretty gnarly. They may even killed four. Oh really? Um, oh jeez. But the uh, 
they said, you know, they, the reports are real sketchy because, you know, the thing ran through these people and then it ran into a, a monument. And uh, is although there was a bike, the funny thing is you see the movie, there's like a bike, guy on a bicycle just getting out of the way before it hits the monument. He could have been crushed. Yeah, but the car looks but, crushed uh, before it hits the monument. It, 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 like, hit something before it even hit all those people. It's, it's really weird. I'm not sure that's true. I think that bounced off the monument. I think those, all those shots of it are... I'm not sure that that I'm not mm. sure that mm. that's true. But that, what, it, it seems to me like somebody had a heart attack or something. But they they one of the early reports say they were out to get the queen or the royal family. Yeah. But this was a the puddle jumper, you know, with a three cylinder engine, and the and the and they were in a bus. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't make it's not, not really a match, is it? No. So I don't know what the deal is. Well, that's sad. That's sad. Tragic. That was in that wasn't around here though. It was in Apple something or other. Apple Appledorn. Appledorn. Yep. Yeah. Of course, it was a completely Masonic uh, st- uh, structure that it crashed into. Oh, it was. That's right. You're it's, right. It's it a complete like a, obelisk. It's a New World Order phallic symbol. I don't even know what that is. I don't. I have no idea what that monument is. Yeah. I don't either. But it's uh, it's definitely you, Masonic. Yeah, you see those a lot. Yeah, particularly anywhere near the Queen. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this is all just a message. Yeah. Well, John. Yes. So I'm watching, by the way, just to just to not to get to, too much into the show yet. So I'm watching. You know, there's this thing, France 24. It's like one of the stations in out of France. They have this news report on it. I just saw it a few minutes ago. And the news, the main news reader, you know, the Katie Couric of the of, of, of the station. Of the station, yeah. France 24 is so hot it's unbelievable oh yeah and, and so then I mean she's just a blonde bombshell right so it's the it's the French version of Fox News yeah and then they they throw it but it's actually better because I mean this girl's better looking than anyone on Fox yeah but she but has they... hairy pits <laughs> which by the way I have no problem with I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not offended smells, by it <laughs> she smells of cheese and wine <laughs> but otherwise she's smoking and so they, she throws it to the business reporter that is going to talk about, um, you know, Chrysler, you know, has decided to go bankrupt. Yeah. And which has screwed, screwed up Fiat's plans. Yeah. And so they throw it to this other woman, Stephanie Antoine, and she's just as hot. Yeah. This is what is this broadcasting? What happened to uh, well, how did we lose our way? <laughs> well, I mean, but. The template is here, you know. I've I've been sitting in hotel rooms for the past week, and of course, there's really nothing else on except hot babes doing news. I mean, that's just what television has become. I I I can't say I hate it. Well, I think we should, you know, whatever happened to the nude news? That still exists. The naked news is what you mean. Yeah, the naked news. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no, it, it still exists. It still exists. I was watching it just the other day. All right. So, what do you got on the agenda here? Well, of course we no yeah, of course we have no agenda. Well, I, I, I think obviously we need to talk about uh, the swine flu. That's yeah. Uh, my favorite thing about the swine flu is now they're saying you know it's, we have to change the name of it because it's offensive, it's to, offensive Muslims to Muslims. And Muslims. Jews. <laughs> well, you know this whole thing. Obviously, I have my own thoughts about this and some theories we should go through. But um, right off the top, you, you'd almost expect that this is just against the pork industry. I mean, it's, it's the way this thing is positioned, and they are—they're killing uh, pigs now. I think in Egypt, they're—they're uh, culling the uh, the, the swine the population. No, they're not even sick. Of, yeah, I know. This is ridiculous. 
I think this is another vegan thing. So what's the vibe over in Holland? Because you know the in-laws are, uh, are with the lady Patricia back in uh, in London. And uh, so, of course, they're calling back to Holland and seeing how everything's going. And the Dutch government, uh, as far as I understand, is basically saying, oh, you know, we're not going to be affected. Nothing to see here. Move right along. We will have no instances of swine flu in the Netherlands. Did you hear any of that? Yep, that's exactly what they're thinking. And, you know, it's how how misjudged is that? <laughs> it's like, well, that's just the way they feel. Because <laughs> there was, nobody, yeah. there's a number of things I find peculiar about the uh, the, the the mindset of the current uh, or the way current mindset of the population here. One is that exactly, which is they don't think anything's going to happen to them, and it's not a big deal if it does. Uh, you know, maybe one or two people will get something. And the other thing is, is the the Obama thing is quite unique. I mean, everybody is so jacked up on this guy. It's oh, un- I know they 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 they're so smoking the dope. It's amazing, and and it comes from everywhere. By the way, yeah, I give a talk to a little group of, uh, but they will developed- actually get angry with you. I I get Dutch people who get angry with me if I say, well, you know, hold on, there's a couple of things. That, you know, oh, Obama is great, and and the minute I. Here's literally what I encounter in the Netherlands. If I say, well, you know, I do have a few a few comments about uh, our current president. And then the first thing is, you're just jaded, man. You're jaded. I'm like, what? I'm jaded? Jaded? <laughs> I don't know what that means, but that's what the, is it? you're jaded. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. No, I'm an American, and I pay attention to what's going on. You slaves. So, uh I didn't get. I got some. Uh, I got a minor amount of flack, but not anything like that. It was mostly because I told. I started off my little talk about t- discussing the uh, the fact that they're trying to get legislation so they can shut down the net if they want to. Yeah. These are people that develop for the cloud, so yeah. that got their attention. Yeah, it, it, yeah. but here's what you always hear. Oh, really? Oh, gee, I, I must have missed that one. Oh yeah. Well, they missed everything. So, but I did get some good. But, but anyway, so they're they're very much Obama. And then the, the argument is, well, Obama's like he's a he's a good guy, you know, and he's trying to make <laughs> well, he makes friends. And then and he's, he's not he's not belligerent. He's I think friendly. The, no, but that is true. Friendly. You can't he's argue. A friendly it. guy. He's a friendly guy. Uh, I got back, uh, so I went to New York for uh, for like uh, thirty six hours, and uh, went over on the red eye. Came back, uh, you know, a day and a half later. And I was just in time to see the prime time 100-day presidential press conference. Did you have an opportunity to see any of this fantastic show, John? I only saw the snippets and then the critiques, and then I had to watch the CNN coverage of the voting. Uh, they <laughs> I, I saw that. I saw sister. that. <laughs> but you give them an A, a B, a C, or a D, and it's like you know, and it was just well, I, it was all over. I was, flipping, everyone... I was flipping through the channels, and I'm like, and I saw vote, you know, and a count of like five more minutes. I'm like, shit, what are they voting on? What's Senate voting on now? It's like, not, it's not Senate. It's the CNN audience voting on how the president did. I'm like, <laughs> this is crazy. That, John, this was, once again, a completely orchestrated show. It was just unbelievable. I can't believe... That um, do you know that when in the in Clinton's first term, also a Democrat, in four years, four years time, he only did two national press conferences outside of the State of the Union, only two national press conferences because the networks would not give him the airtime, and Obama's had three in three months. Yeah, he's going to have twelve before we're done with one year. 
And it was thirteen. It was thirteen him. questions. Love him to death. It was thirteen questions, and and this this was like a like a kindergarten softball game. It was just unbelievable. The, I'm sure you saw the question from the New York Times. No, what was it? I missed oh, it. Mr. President, <laughs> in your 100 days, and this is the New York Times. In your in your um, 100 days in office, what has surprised you? What has enchanted you? If you were a tree, what kind of tree exactly. would you be? <laughs> what has enchanted you, Mr. President? I mean, come on. <laughs> what are these guys that New York Times thinking? Is this like asking him what kind of tree does he want to be? Or if you were a tree, what would you be kind of question? Is this is, is this girl over 12 years old? No, it was a guy. It was, it was, oh, it was a guy? Oh, my God. <laughs> it was what has... Uh, Ah, uh, now I gotta paraphrase. But the enchanted thing is just what just what floored me. What is it? What has excited you? What has enchanted you? What has surprised you? Uh, what is this? Oprah? This is not a press conference. <sighs> this sounds like Oprah. Yeah, no, it's exactly what it was, and it was slick. You know, it was slick. By the way, I'd like to point out one thing. I only have one observation from this show because it was a complete show. I mean, it was set up. It was thirteen questions. Um, the uh, the president calls uh, on people. He doesn't even know where they're sitting. He just has a list, you know, and he knows exactly what each person is going to ask, more or less. It's got to be. And he just sure. times his answer. You know, it's like, well, I got 50 minutes, you know, so I'll just time my answers. He's got a big clock on the wall. And he and he and so, of course, the enchanted question is lovely. You know, he took his time on that one. Um, by the way, the answer is uh, our uh, our uh, servicemen and women. Not he said, I wouldn't use the word enchanting. But, uh, uh, okay, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, whatever. Yeah. So, okay. Then anyway, so then they all rate him and the American public gave him a B plus. So off of that for a second, since I, I don't think we should even, I just, it, it was a charade. We agree, right? We agree wholeheartedly that it was uh, a charade. Uh, dis- so here's just disappointing, uh, angering, John. I'm sorry. It just it angers me. What the, the press conferences? I mean, Helen, for God's sakes, Helen, Mr. President, she's sitting in the front row continuously. She never gets asked a question. She's never called on. Now, here's the point I wanted to make: when the when the when the when the doors open and the president walks up that uh, that hallway up to the podium. You know, it's a beautifully lit hallway. May I just point out that not a single one of those light bulbs and those chandeliers is a one of those freaking mercury-filled energy-saving light bulbs. <laughs> Why don't you get some of them ugly-ass, electricity-spewing, mercury-filled light bulbs in the White House, hey, White House, Mr. President? Start that. That's a good one. Yeah. Good Pisses me off. All right, you, can so tell, I got you can tell. You know, you can tell by these light bulbs they're not energy-savers. Oh yeah, no, they're 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 soaking it up. Yeah, they should. They're just gonna have to do cap and trade. Oh God! Oh so God! Go. <laughs> so you, what you didn't get to see? Well, I didn't that's, get to see the. Press that's that's what you say. Yeah, go ahead. You saw it. You saw night. I, what is it called? Night uh, news night. I, I, don't know, I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. No, I didn't see news night. Okay, news night on the BBC this week. They had a uh, a complete documentary. On PowerShift 09. Oh, nice. Now, PowerShift.org, people can go out there and check it out. It's a, gr- a green activists. 
And essentially, the government has taken over this this particular conference, and they loaded it up with Obama people. The keynoter was the EPA woman, uh, Paul Podesta, the one of the staffers, the one of the major staffers, of, you know, second in command of one of these other guys, was the, looked like the organizer from the way they had this thing uh, structured, the way they did the the the, um, uh, the show, this documentary. Uh, Bill Clinton was there. Everybody was loaded up. There was loaded up with these guys. And here's what I'm so I'm watching this thing, thinking, well, this is just another. And they got all these kids. It's a bunch of young people, and they're getting them all pumped up with you know this green, 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 green stuff, and you know global warming. Mm. And so then they jump to showing some of the behind the scenes seminars. You know, they always have the breakouts. Oh, of course. So the breakouts are training the kids on civil disobedience. <laughs> resisting arrest, how huh. to do sit-ins pop- properly, how to lock arms, huh. how to do passive resistance. Wait a minute, let me get this straight. And I would, have, and anybody who happens to be one of those people, I'd like to ask a question. Since when do does the government train the youth to do these sorts of things? The first thing I saw thought of was either Nazi youth or the or the young kind. Well, wait a minute. Now this was this was. American youth or British youth? That the first thing I thought of was either Nazi youth or the Young Communist Party. This is training the youth. Well, when is the government well, wait, training? Wait, 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 wait. Was this British youth or American youth? I'm confused. American youth. This was all Americans. It, this the show is you what? know is a British show. But the, it, this was in the United States. This beating, and it was our government training kids to do to how to do sit-ins, how to lock arms, how to resist arrest. Uh, but against they, who? Wait, there's resisting against the uh, government. There you go. Apparently not. I would think it's resisting against big business who doesn't do what they're supposed to do. Oh my! That's the goodness. only thing I can think. Oh my only goodness! Thing I can think. Yeah. Was stunning. Uh, I was know, shocked. I, I saw Rahm Emanuel. He was interviewed on CNBC, and I didn't see the whole interview. I just saw a soundbite. But one of his answers was literally, "You know, we're in a fantastic place right now, where there's an opportunity to figure out what the relationship really should be between big business and government." I'm like, "Oh my God!" The guy's just out and out saying it that they they, they want to have control. There's got to be some kind of takeover or some kind of relationship. Yeah, and if they don't, and if, and if you don't knuckle under, then they're gonna. The kids are gonna be sent over there to protest, sit in, you know, harass you. Essentially, this is harassment. I mean, they're training the kids to to be harassers, to because you know, just people who are who haven't signed on to 100 percent of the green initiative. And of course, the whole thing boiled down once again because of the keynoter and everybody else brought it up: cap and trade, cap and trade, carbon credits, carbon credits, cap and trade. So let's talk about cap and trade for a second. Unbelievable. Yeah, we got we got to talk about this because while these and we have to get back to swine flu eventually, but you know the swine flu, whether intentional or not, is definitely a beautiful piece of cover for the legislation hearings that are going on right now in the U.S. Senate. Al Gore on uh, on the stand, and uh, there were a couple of Republicans who were tearing him a new one, and I want and and it's about cap and trade. And we talked about this on the last show uh, where the uh, – um, I think the representative uh, was asking about his involvement and was he going to make money on uh, on his – Any out and out lied. Any, any out and out lied. Now, let me just bring up this, uh, this video. This is from um, uh, earlier in the week and hopefully uh, – we've had some, some massive problems with our connection, so I hope that 
playing this is not going to screw up our uh, our uh, our Skype connection. In fact, uh, it's even coming up really slow. <sighs> you still there? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I hate this. God, I can't wait to just be back in the regular Gitmo Nation East where shit works. All right, here we go. This is uh, these are the hearings on climate change legislation. So this is a, a very big deal. This is where the taxes and uh, and you know indeed this cap and trade, whatever that may be. A eh? now just listen to Gore, man. You just got to listen to some of the shit he's saying, and I, and I'll probably have to skip Thank around you, Mr. a bit Chairman. on this. Um, as we debate, what I agree is a very important piece of legislation. A, a piece of legislation, and in my opinion, and many many others would have a very detrimental effects on our economy if it was implemented the way it's been drafted. Uh, we've been trying to get a quantifiable grasp on the cost of this bill, how much uh, it would actually cost American families, uh, how many jobs would be cre- uh, created and lost. And uh, we've, <laughs> I like number that. one, on the science created side, and we've lost. had very divergent views. We've had dozens. All right, so I'm going to have to skip around in this. So Al Gore is, is um, uh, he's um, testifying. That's not a cutesy issue. It's not an open issue. It's your and it's your opinion. Obviously, you've stated it many times. It's the it's the would you talk to the, the opinion of the global scientific community, and more importantly, and not in unanimity. All right, now I have to I have to back up because a couple of things that Gore says here. So he's basically being attacked by these uh, Republicans who are saying, you know, hey, this global warming shit, you know, it's not even proven. And Gore like goes into this tirade about the science is not discussable, it's undisputable, everyone it's agrees, is what I'm trying to find. Who have given completely different views. Well, there so I would, people, I, would re- I would encourage you to go back and look at the testimony there, this committee's heard. There are people who still believe that the moon landing was staged on a movie lot in Arizona. <laughs> are you there, John? Yeah, this is unbelievable. Somebody would throw that in. That's a speechless bunch of. I mean, can you believe that he? So the guy says, "Look, there are people who disagree with global warming," and he comes up and he says, "Oh, please, there are people who." By the way, I happen to be one of them. There are people who believe we didn't Uh. land on the moon. Now, um, I'm going to see if I can get to the to the piece that that just blows me away. if not, I'm just going to paraphrase. And it neither here. of us was one of those. And I know you like giving those cute anecdotes. This is not a cutesy issue. We're talking about no, that, that can export millions of jobs out of our economy, out of our country, and testimony's been given just to those numbers. And so we're talking about a serious consequence that there would be on this country and the carbon leakage that would occur where the carbon would be emitted, but it would be emitted in China and India, and the jobs would go to China and India. So and what? That- so what the uh, what Steve Scalise is who is saying this. What he's saying is cap and trade, and of course no one really understands what cap and trade is. Cap and trade is essentially where there's taxes and um, and uh, an entire um, exchange of carbon emissions that will result in not actually spewing less emissions into the atmosphere, just moving it away from a country. So instead of it being spewed out in the United States, you trade these uh, these carbon emissions, the, the right... Uh, like a license to emit uh, lethal uh, carbon dioxide into the atmosphere so China or some other country would buy those up and they'd just spew the shit in the atmosphere. And the whole point is that um, uh, that this actually isn't going to do anything for, um, uh, for the environment, but that it's going to uh, do a lot for people who set up the exchanges. Now, here's the point, and I'm, I'm sure I just can't find it, John. You're still there with me, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you got to listen to... Uh, let me see. Proposal in any way, this. shape, or form. It's it's near the end. Oh, crap! This is so poorly produced. 
play. Ladies and gentlemen, we don't always produce it well because we don't. The reason in answering your first question is why why can't we ignore it? Because it's the biggest crisis we've ever faced. And no one who's come before this committee from a scientific basis can show us the smoking gun that mankind is causing this to happen. There are you can create relationships between the number of sunspots and the partisan makeup of the Senate. Anything can be proven if you're willing to take the time to have the numbers. Con- let, me just go, let me just go to another point because it was a terribly could I, important... Could I respond to that? No, I need to make no, this point. Uh, Mr. Dr. Apt, who was with us yesterday, and he said it so eloquently that we have to focus on reducing carbon dioxide. Okay, so I can't find it, but in this, um, in this bit, oh, it's, it's so like nine minutes. Here, listen to this. So one of these guys says, well, Mr. Vice President, I understand that uh, you took several meetings with uh, Ken Lay during uh, your vice presidency. Ken Lay, of course, of Enron, um, and that he was a major advisor on the uh, on the initiation and the founding of your cap and trade system. And and Gore comes back, and this is what I wish I could find for you, and I just didn't have the time with whatever you set it up. What he says is, well, yeah, I know, sure, I had some conversations with Ken, but I didn't call him Kenny Boy. I didn't know him that well. I didn't call him Kenny Boy. So right here is such a gem of information (laughs) that the people who set up the fake trading system that turned off the lights in California, responsible for actual deaths, people who fried in their homes, that the exact same scam is being set up for the so-called cap and trade. So that's really, it's like setting up a new NASDAQ or a new, uh, you know, a yeah, new or like electronic like trading system. Yeah, like oil. Where we had like with oil, exactly. Oil, thanks to these scammers. And Gore, and by the way, did he eat himself? That guy's huge. This is he's, un- big, he's, he's big, he's no. a big boy. Uh, no, but... No. But um, he is. Hey, hey, by the way, and if you remember from last week, fat people are responsible for global warming, so he should be ashamed of himself. <laughs> it's. Uh, I, I'm sorry, I didn't. I didn't have all of that set up. Uh, I thought it was a much shorter clip. It's like nine minutes. But if you if you watch that and just you got to watch Gore's expressions. He's like, pff, pff, you know, sighing. Yeah, he's and, like and, a twelve year old. And and, and, and you know, rolling his eyes like you guys are nuts. And and this is proven. There's no dispute. And we're gonna we're all gonna die if we don't use my cap and trade system. Ugh. So I'm I'm just I'm really really. Um, you seem annoyed. Worried. Well, annoyed, but, uh, but you know. So we have this swine flu that's right. Two hundred thirty six cases worldwide. By the way, for people who don't know the stats, one uh, about a half a million people a year die of the flu. Yes, thirty six to two- forty thousand people in America alone. We have two hundred thirty six cases of this flu. Um, worldwide. Worldwide. Yeah. So, and everybody's freaked out. Oh, here, so I'm watching this thing because I was watching CNN the other day and all they talked about was this. They're trying to panic the public. I think these networks should be ashamed of themselves. They should be giving people good advice and making them learn things. John, like, net- networks, networks, newspapers, radio. I mean, there are people on the, I, I've traveled. There were people in the airport wearing face masks. It, this is crazy. I have the swine flu. I'm getting over it. I'm fine. <laughs> Oink, oink, I got a tail. I feel good. I had a sweaty weekend. I coughed. You know, I'm alive. So here's the, so I'm watching CNN and they're talking about the, and they're cutting from place to place to place. And here they go. They cut to a got to the reporter in Virginia of all places. I think it was Virginia because it was CNN. He just, you know, basically stepped outside. 
Uh, well, I guess they're actually in Atlanta. But anyway, so there's reporting from back east somewhere, and he's wearing the mask while doing the report. <laughs> Oh, you know, no. he's like talking through the mask with his re- oh, doing no. his report. There's nobody around him. There's nothing else going on, and he's got the stupid mask on. And I'm thinking, what is this person's oh. crazy? This network they should fire somebody like that. So there's a very interesting parallel to be drawn. A very similar situation. In fact, it was Congressman Ron Paul who I heard speak about this just the other day, uh, and he he finds this whole s- situation interesting because in 1976. There was an outbreak of swine flu in the United States, exact same scenario, uh, except it didn't, um, a little different because it didn't originate uh, in uh, in Mexico. It actually originated on an army base. And um, and some some of our listeners will remember this. There was, you know, the same thing. Oh, you know, it's, uh, it's horrible. We've got the pandemic. People are going to die. And yes, one or two people died from the, f- the flu, whether it was swine flu or whatever variant. But what was worse is they they rushed through these bills to vaccinate everybody, uh, which uh, uh, Ron Paul, who was probably just a, a congressman at the time, uh, voted against, obviously, as one of the only two people saying, hey, you know, we shouldn't be in the business of health care, you know, or, you know, we're not doctors. We don't know what we're talking about. And what happened is 25 or 30 people died, actually, from the vaccinations. They had to stop the vaccination program. Do you remember that, John? <laughs> Oh, yeah, I think it was more than that. In fact, I was working at the time when this happened uh, for the government, and uh, uh, I, one of the guys in our office got the swine flu because of the vaccination. Yeah, well, because a vaccination, by definition, is the, is the virus. You, you are well, given the virus. They put too much in. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, sorry. <laughs> uh, sorry about that, buddy. So, uh, but I still think that the idea that there's a big stockpile of Tamiflu may have something to do with this. Oh, although the smoke screen theory is good too. But whatever the case is, the public is so stupid that if they think that eating pork has anything to do with this disease, this is a, an, a, an issue with the education system. Well, I mean, yes, this, yes, it, it the is. public is so has been allowed to become so stupid that they don't know the difference between you know an airborne disease and eating cooked meat. As a as a transmitter of a disease, it's almost yeah. ridiculous. Well, you know, but but John, it's it's conditioning, it's training, and so I call home, and you know, you know, my wife and my daughter, you know, they they, they know what we talk about, they know my stance on this stuff, and you know, throughout this, you know, because you know, she calls up, says, "Hey, man, you know, what's going on with the swine flu?" I said, "Oh, honey, I got it. Don't worry about it. I'll be fine. I got a cough, and uh, I'm getting over it. And in fact, I am much better." And then, you know, she's along, she's along for the ride. And then all of a sudden we go to, to level five. I call her last night, which was early this morning, uh, uh, UK time. And, uh, and she's like, well, you know, yeah, it, it, you can hear that she's bought into it because she's conditioned by, by the way the whole news cycle works. And now we're at a very interesting point, um, which will be of, uh, it's of interest to me because it, it concerns my family. But now that we have level five, the World Health Organization sets these levels. There's one more level to go. This my wife knows all too well because level six basically means we're fucked, head for the hills. So five means all countries should enact or uh, activate their uh, pandemic flu programs, which means once again we're going to get into the uh, probably uh, uh, obligatory vaccination realm. And I will tell you that I will not – 
take a shot. But I do. Why would you? you? If you already had been exposed and had gotten over it, because it would be well, it's the same. It's the same but education thing. People are stupid, and I have to say so that people well, people aren't stupid. They're conditioned to be stupid. And I know that if it when it comes down to it, if there's forced vaccinations, my wife will take the shot. And I yeah. and, 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 it, and it scares me. I don't know what to tell her, you know. And she's like, "Oh, come on." She said, "Oh yeah, I know it's not all that bad. It's just a flu." See, this but- is because this is your fault. Because it's you my take fault. Is this totally your fault because you take these crackpot positions on everything with no exceptions, and so then she doesn't take you seriously. She doesn't take me seriously on any of my crackpot uh, well, positions. Really, because you, you're all you're only crackpot. That's the problem. You're too consistently crackpot. I'm not only crackpot. So let's go over to something else that's kind of interesting in regards to this exact same story. Well, can I can I just say one thing on this just to, to finalize this one issue? So we're going to do a hedge essentially. The hedge strategy is <laughs> she takes the shot. I don't take the shot. Hopefully, one of us will be alive to take care of our daughter. That's the hedge. You've already had the swine flu, you said, so you wouldn't need to take the shot anyway. It's not much of a hedge. I know, but but even that, she doesn't believe. Oh, you don't have the swine flu. See, of course, right. I, I just had a version of the swine flu, whatever flu is running around here, and I know other people who've had it. You know, it could be pretty. Yeah, you know, you might. It's actually possible. So let me bring up the, the story that makes this a little more interesting to me. Because as anyone who's listened to the show knows, I advocate everybody have a, a dose of Tamiflu or Relenza with them if they, like, if they travel around and they don't want to really have to go through these symptoms. And I explained how this product works. I know you don't like the idea, but this is essentially it. So this guy, Marco, one of our producers, as a matter of fact, Marco in Portland goes to the doctor at Kaiser. And he's got the flu, or or his daughter does, or somebody does in the family. I don't have the letter in front of me. Uh, and he uh, says he'd like to get a, a Tamiflu for this flu. And uh, the doctor says, "No, no, I, we're not going to. We're not giving out any Tamiflu." He says, "Well," and he tried to get it. You know, says, "I, I, I just need a prophylactic. I need. I just maybe to prevent getting the flu in the future. I just want a prescription for the Tamiflu." And the doctor refused to get it, give it to him, saying that they can't, at this point, give out any prescriptions for Tamiflu without clearing it through the CDC. The CDC? That's what it says. The CDC? They're yeah. in control of this? Oh, I thought Napolit- Napolitano was in charge of it. Isn't this Department of Homeland Security business? I'm just telling you what he told me. I mean, maybe, you know, that I... I backed I backed them up and said, "Hey, look, I bet you that's just Kaiser." Because if I'm not mistaken, when you get a prescription from Kaiser, they cover like most of the cost of it, and Tamiflu is really expensive. And they're just saying, "Let's, you know, they probably had meetings saying, look, there's no swine flu around here. This is bogus. We're going to have people coming in here getting Tamiflu. It's going to cost us a fortune. Our numbers are going to go in the toilet. Just yeah. tell them no. Make something up." Well, so, I don't believe for a minute that the CDC has anything to do with uh, prescriptions. If somebody out there can document that, I would be very interested. So um, you know that uh, President Obama immediately asked for $1.5 billion in emergency funding for uh, for vaccination. You heard about this? Yeah. Okay, so that pissed me off because we know in the budget there's already $4 billion already built in for stockpiles. Why do we need this additional $1.5 billion? I don't get it. These guys we, are spending like drunken sailors. And oh, it, it, it's, it, it, just, it just blows my mind. It absolutely blows my mind. So anyway, position of this show 
is that uh, there's really little to worry about, and and I I just don't understand why the media is on this. I mean, are they are they literally that programmed, or is it it's it can only be one it can only be a few things that are actually happening. Either a the government knows that actually it is horrible and we're all going to die uh, uh, throwing up blood in the streets. Possible. I don't know. Or it's just a complete scam. And and apparently most of the news media is in on the scam. Or everyone's so desperate for any inkling of ratings to make some money that they'll just do whatever and they don't care. I mean, I don't see any other option. I like the guy with the mask. I mean, I wish I had that on tape. I'd just taking shots of it, pictures of it. So I think it's a combination of all those things and, and also the stupidity factor. There's one other element that's cropped up, and I'm not absolutely sure. This cropped up late in the game, and I, and I think it was done as a mistake or something in some way. I don't know that... I mean, this flu apparently is an H1N1 type. And, you know, they they have these, you can have the variety of the way these things are pieced together. You get these different kinds of flus. And H1N1 is the kind of flu that was also called the Spanish flu, which is the one that killed 40 million people around the world, you know, in 1918. Yeah. And and we know we dug one of those guys up to take DNA uh, just a few months ago. And that brings up two other points. Actually, it was longer than that. Uh, we had that guy dug up. So I think it's got to be almost a year ago. Huh. But anyway, so there's the... Uh, Time flies when you're having fun. What can I tell you? It brings up a couple of interesting points. One, they all, I only picked up on the H1N1 thing recently when they were trying to rename the flu. In other words, this thing got started, got underway, and then all of a sudden got the name Swine Flu. And so then they say, oh, shit, you know, we forgot to bring up the fact that it's H1N1. We can freak them out with that because yeah, it's, it's got to have an Spanish H and an N in there. you got to have those how are we going to do that? We can't, we can't use that now. He says, yeah, we can. Uh, swine food insults Muslims. Change the name. Change, <laughs> Change the, the name. name. Right, 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 right. <laughs> There's nobody, but no, the first thing they said, well, we could call it Mexican flu. You can't do that. It's very insulting. So anyway, so they tried to, but they couldn't manage it. So nobody knows it's H1N1. And then, so that, that whole propaganda thing is just blown out of the window. Now, the other thing is that if you remember when this thing first cropped up, there were two or three scientists that came in out of the blue and said, this thing has been structured. Yeah, it's, it's been engineered in a fact in a lab. There's no way that you can just have this unless, you know, you've got birds screwing pigs. Exactly. So, which, which uh, by think, the way, I, I think I've seen that movie on my uh, my uh, hotel on on, on, de- on demand. You have to take a quick break because I have a uh, knock at the door. Oh, and of course, I don't have my jingle uh, ready because uh, I'm just happy we we we've got all the stuff hanging together here. It's uh, ah, it's been a, a very challenging uh, technical show. This one. Are you back? Okay. In the morning. <laughs> while uh, while John is uh, getting the knock at the door, I might as well tell you that there's a. Uh... No, I, I I want him to listen. You back? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. So um, on April twenty second, CNN reported. So this is before uh, April twenty second is before it uh, it hit our shores, right? Uh, April twenty second. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Uh, I report. Think so. Uh, Vials of a potentially dangerous virus have prompted an army investigation in the disappearance from a lab in Maryland. Um, and it was uh, vials of the Venezuelan equine encephalitis, a virus. Encephalitis. Yeah, that's what I mean. Uh, 
uh, a virus that sickens horses and can spread to humans by mosquitoes. Now, this is all yeah. interesting because we know that there were 21 polo horses that died around the same, the same, the same period. There is just so much, certainly circumstantial evidence that says that this is, that this has been you know, engineered somewhere. My God, Baxter International, the company that admitted that they put live bird flu virus into flu vaccinations, which was caught by the distribution company and was luckily, as far as we know, not distributed to people. They're the ones that have been tapped to make the vaccine for the swine flu. I mean, does it get any more transparent than that? Well, it's not transparent to anybody, apparently. Except us. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, uh, just to make sure that, uh, that it was possible that this, uh, mystical virus spread to Europe, they had, uh, uh, a couple of vials of the stuff explode on a train in Switzerland. I love that one. Oh, I didn't get that story. Oh, this and was, I'm over I, it. No, I, uh, it was in Das Bild, which of course does fantastic reporting, the German uh, Bild magazine. I'll, uh, I'll read you the article. I thought I, uh, I sent you this, uh, on email. I was so blown away by it. I Twittered it and, it got retweeted a lot. Um, according to police sources, a technician from the National Center for Influenza in Geneva was traveling to Zurich carrying eight glass containers, five of which held the swine flu virus. The of course, that you want to put that on a train, don't you? The containers holding the virus were commissioned by the Federal Office of Public Health for the Geneva Center in order to develop a test to detect swine flu. The vessels were, according to reports, securely packaged three times and hermetically sealed and cooled with dry ice. And here it comes, John. The mayonnaise jar on fucking Wagnalls. Uh, sorry, I blew the joke. It's an old Carson gag. Keep going. Sorry. The packaging of dry ice, however, was clearly not done properly as pressure built up in the container during the journey. At 6.39 p.m., shortly before the train arrived at Freiburg Station, there was an explosion. <laughs> So this flu exploded from the dry ice on the on the train. I mean, unbelievable. <laughs> well, that, yeah, that's one way of getting it out. Let's <laughs> put, put a container with dry ice in it and heat it up and see how long it takes for blows. It's uh, now, of course, Mexico received uh, two hundred million dollars uh, from the World Bank uh, to help with their uh, swine flu issues. Sanofi Aventis. I mean, there's so much, and all of this is in the show notes, by the way, at uh, noagenda.mevio.com. You want to look through a lot of these. Sonofa Aventis announced uh, on uh, the 19th of March, before all of this started up, uh, an agreement with the Mexican authorities to build a 100 million euro facility to manufacture influenza vaccine in Mexico. I mean, is, is, is it, could it be any more clear that this thing is just all, and, and may I remind people that one of the major shareholders and former CEO of the company that makes Tamiflu is Donald Rumsfeld, one of the most evil guys in the, in the country. Do people even know this? Nobody cares. They just don't care. So yeah, yeah well anyway, that's our flu thing. And I think it's, you know, people should, uh, you know, my wife's freaked out. She's kind of, she's like, I guess like yours. You know, she's, oh, you know, I'm worried, you know, because her friend, Teresa, was in Mexico, Ensenada. Yeah. She's not even Mexico. <laughs> you know, she's coming that's back. Like, that's know. like being in Austin, man. I mean, come on. And you have the 263, yeah, 260 or 236 known cases worldwide. And I just say, people, this is another thing with the dumbing down of the public. Do the math. 
We have 350 million people in this country alone. Yeah. 120 people a day die on the U.S. roads. Yeah. Yeah, it's unbelievable. So, uh, yeah, I know. It's just it's amazing to me that, again, you know, people just don't they, – they, they just think everything's – you know, there's three people in the world. What They're one of them. And the other two are sick, and they're going to die, and they're, they're going to pass it on to them. And I just don't see the – understand it quite, but, you know, it's just the way it is. So what else do we have on our list? Oh, I got one for you. This is a topper. Okay. Hit me. So I'm going to all these fancy restaurants throughout uh, Holland. Yeah, which I'm, I will have a report. Yes, good, because I'm sure and I've been to a few of them, and I, I wouldn't mind hearing. I'm finding that they're uh, so much the same, all the top ones. I mean, in terms of decor, in terms of the way they present the food, and in fact, the scraper thing is even the same from place to place. I find it distressing. There's one consulting firm, obviously, doing all these great restaurants. So we're at one of these places, and at the bottom of the menu, it says, and I think there's some over, we're missing the uh, opportunity here. The hostesses are dressed by Max Mara and Suit Support. Oh, the Mater G is dressed by Suit Support. Oh, excellent. <laughs> yeah, this is an opportunity. Uh, John C. Dvorak's wardrobe provided by... <laughs> <laughs> Giorgio Armani. <laughs> yes, to say the least. Hey, man, do we yeah. have... Um... Do we have any uh, updates on uh, donations? I know you've been busy. You might not have had a chance to log in and... And see, yeah, there's but, a few. We, we don't have another night, but uh, we have a few, and I'll run through them on Sunday when I can just put them together. I did have one guy complaining that we shouldn't be getting any donations because we both have jobs, <laughs> and we are getting paid by our employer. So why do we need money? I, uh, I, I figured the guy's either 12 years old or an idiot. Yeah, really. And he says he'd never give us any money ever. Okay, well, that's fine. We, because we're working, we, we, Howard, we have other jobs, and so we shouldn't get paid for this. We should be doing it free you know for what? him, I guess. Can I just say one thing? It, uh, people really need to check themselves who think that way. Because, yeah, we have jobs. Do you know how hard I know I work? I know every single person at Mevio works, and, and including yourself, and you have, you have multiple gigs and you know, really only, I guess, part-time at, at the company. But we are a small company. We get no fucking tax breaks. We get no TARP money. We get, in fact, exactly the opposite. And we're, we're pushing to, to make shit work and to keep everything alive in this economy. And around us, everyone is stealing money left and right. And we're just trying to keep 60 people employed and their families, you know, fed. Cause I, I literally these days, I see it that way. And and the people are going to you know talk shit about entrepreneurs and people who are just trying to keep keep shit running. You know, check yourself. None of this is helped by helped by Sarbanes Oxley, by the way. But anyway, we do uh, support or we do need your support, and we appreciate people who do support the show. And you can do so by going to dvorak.org slash na or the no agenda library.com and and, and and well i just want to say that of course if you if you can't uh, support us financially obviously we're very happy if you tell a friend if you uh, redistribute the show if you uh, link to us um, and anything you can do to help is highly appreciated uh, but just to say oh you got a job man yeah indeed you what are you 12 so I just saw the car again hit that monument, yeah. and it was damaged. I guess when they ran over, when he ran over, it hit somebody. I told you, it, it hit something previously. It must have. It looks like it careened off of something. I don't know. I think a person. 
So um, anyway, yeah, no, we go to Dvorak.org slash NA, and we are still collecting weird numbers, and people are like, you know, getting a kick out of that. And although I think it's it's running dry, and uh, we still would like to get more fifty and a hundred dollar donations where you'll get mentioned, and also obviously the knighthoods are always available. Um, so anyway, back to the show. Uh, so I, I'm <laughs> the big show. <laughs> and we don't, by the way, we don't spend a lot of time. I mean, if you did it by, I think that was like 45 seconds. I mean, we don't sit here and go on and on and on for hours and on end, which we're going to have to do eventually if we don't uh, get uh, more response. Someone had an interesting idea, uh, emailed me. I think you were copied on it and said, um, maybe, uh, one of the, one of the donation ideas where we could do a, a, you know, a pledge drive and we could give away a, a meal. With uh, you and I, and I'm thinking, you know, we, we have enough money in the kitty to actually, let's say, you know, if we're both in San Francisco, we could uh, take some of that money and fly someone out. Yeah, we could. We could have maybe. Well, there's some. We can arrange something. I, I said that I wasn't. I didn't think we're together uh, in the same town enough of the time to make that work because it has to coordinate with the other person too. But yeah, we can come up with something like the dinner with uh, Adam and John. If you want to, you know, I don't know if that. I, I, I'm thinking, you know, you'd you'd give us a uh, hundred dollars and get onto a lottery, and then you get dinner with Adam and John, or you could give us two hundred bucks and you wouldn't have to worry about the lottery. You're you wouldn't in. have to You're go just in. with yeah. us. No, you wouldn't have to go to dinner with us. You you stepped all over the punchline. So, yeah, I'm uh, sorry, I, I I fucked that up, didn't I? Yeah, that's okay. Uh, that, that that joke is an old setup. I can do it a million times. Letterman so, has the has the swine flu. By the way, this I know you don't know. No, I don't know that. Yeah, he was on. It was amazing. I've never seen anything like this in my life. He was on. He had lost his voice completely. I'm not talking like just a little bit, John. It was like, <laughs> and he was he he was standing. I'm like, why is he even doing the show? And it was so bad. He had the cue card guy do the opening monologue. Then he was he tried to do the top ten, and he couldn't get through it. And he said, hey, Paul, why don't you do the top ten? Schaefer does the top ten. The guy cannot speak. Then he has Jennifer Gardner comes out, and you know, so everyone was really nice, and and they got him through it. But it was it was I couldn't watch it. It was so you could you know because when when you can't talk, then your timing is off. It was really he was like an old man, which he is, but he was like a, a really old man, and it was I couldn't believe he was on the air, and it was funny. complete swine flu. Something happened to Leno, and he was like uh, hospitalized, and he uh, oh you, do yeah it. he he had a great joke in the monologue. So um, it's so nice to be here um, to watch some of that stuff. So he did. He went to the hospital, and everyone's freaking out. Of course, you know if, if Jay Leno goes, then NBC really has no programming. They have nothing to draw in any ratings, and they're about to move him to this new ten o'clock uh, time slot in the states. And so he says, you know, some people thought I had a heart attack. Some people thought that uh, you know I had. Uh, uh, food poisoning. He said, but in reality, you know, I had had the erection for more than four hours and I really needed professional help. Very funny. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was a good one. So talking about that kind of thing, another letter writer, and I don't have it in front of me again because I don't have enough equipment here. I'm in a hotel, so I don't have these screens I can open up. But somebody did send a, 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 a nasty note uh, about uh, about talking about NBC programming. Law and Order, Special Victims Unit, April 29th episode with yeah. Hillary Duff. You know about this. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Okay, so the, the story's about a, a mom who uh, whose uh, who's, who's daughter dies 
and she covers up the death. Uh, she dies of, I guess, uh, measles. measles. Measles, yeah. And she covers up the death, and and then she gets caught as the as a murderer. And then it turns out that it was her daughter died of measles, and she just couldn't deal with it. And then they found them another girl who had measles that. And her mom didn't vaccinate her against measles, and so they they indicted her for for homicide because of her negligence. Because if she didn't vaccinate her daughter, which she should have done, and her daughter gave measles to the other girl who died, then, then she's, the woman she's guilty. directly responsible. She's guilty. And they ran this story, which by the way got a lot of flack in the various forums. Which is a disgusting story to run because it's a bogus story. I never, they never had measles vaccines when I was a kid. We all got measles. Yeah. You, know, you got the measles, you got over it, and you went back to school. And here, but here's what the funny thing is about this, this particular episode. Yeah. So I decided to look it up on the NBC website. It's not there. No, it's there. Oh. Well, no, it's not yet because it hasn't posted yet, but right. it will be. Uh, but what was interesting is on the website, there's a bunch of ads on the right-hand side. Oh, let me guess. MMR? Oh. CDC. Oh, Jesus. A callback to our earlier part of our show. The CDC has an ad on the NBC site for adult measles vaccine. Adult measles vaccine? Oh, man. <laughs> I knew you'd love that Does one. Does no one see what's going on? Do we not? Are we not aware of what is happening before our very eyes? Jeez, Louise! One, one time I was talking to my doctor about, and they, all of a sudden the hepatitis. I have a doctor who's fairly organic, mm. and he doesn't believe in a lot of stuff. And he, uh, in fact, and he takes acupuncture courses. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, I was talking because they said, I said, I was just reading about a hepatitis B vaccine. I said, hepatitis B, is that the one people get? I mean, what, what is the purpose of that vaccine? He said, don't take it. He says, unless you're just working with blood 24 hours a day, what, you, what is the point of this vaccine? <laughs> and uh, oh, anyway. Uh, okay, wait. Here's the topper. Okay. I'm still not here. Right. You're not done so I'm yet. Working, no, I'm, good. I'm I like in. It. I'm in. Well, I get to Europe. You know, there's a lot of action here. I don't yeah, see. There's, there's, things there's, are slower back there. Yeah. You know. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah. All I got is Letterman and Leno and swine flu. I mean, that's <laughs> that's all the inputs I'm receiving here. Okay, so for for uh, I'm working with the software company, and there's a uh, guy, and they're they're connected to a lot of agencies, and I'm told the following: according to Spanish military intelligence, Spanish military intelligence. Al-Qaeda, they believe Al-Qaeda is tar- for the next big event, because they do them every eight years, right? The 2009 event's coming up. Oh, right. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, it's time. Ding, ding, ding. Al-Qaeda is targeting Spain because apparently the powers that be in the Spanish military intelligence actually believes this to be true. They just, they're still irked about the fact that, they, that the Muslims don't own, the caliphate doesn't still own Spain, and they decided they're going to take them back because they, they knuckled under so easily over that, you know, when they had the trains, and they, you know, remember they blew those trains up? Yeah, yeah, and, then, yeah. and the next thing you knew, they voted out the guy from the president, the guy who was actually standing up for, you know, our, our invasions. They got him voted out. Because the Spanish just knuckled under, so they figure they're going to go, they're going to, they're going to try to take them on. Unbelievable. Could be true. Anyway, that's a little insight. We'll see. From uh, Gitmo Nation, north, 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 west, uh, from Canada, 
Um, you know, we, we, it's hard to, to track everything. You can't take your eye off the ball because even though we're, you know, we're very unsuccessful at uh, combating this horrible swine flu, um, the pirates, of course, still reign uh, off the coast of Somalia. And I just, and someone, one of our uh, Canadian producers sent me this, uh, this article, uh, what the because uh, of course we, you know every country in the United Nations I might add is sending uh, huge warships over there, and what are the Canadians doing? You got to love the Canadians. They have a uh, they have a new uh, tactic. Here's what they do: um, they they fly helicopters near the pirates with a sign that says "Stop in Somali." And it works, apparently. <laughs> so they have a big sign that says, Stop, you pirates. Stop in Somali. Stop. <laughs> and it works. <laughs> well, who knew? It's unbelievable. That is funny. Of course, because it's just kids. You know, it's just 18-year-old <laughs> punks. Like, oh, all right, okay, we'll stop. Oh. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. By the way, that brings up another point, which is what happened to that guy that they uh, that they brought to New York City. Oh, I, dude, it was just that, it was just grandstanding. You know, that's all a part of the media there's been show. No follow up on this? No, of course not, because we've got swine flu. Why would we want to follow up on anything else? Please give me a break. From from the world of aviation, uh, the uh, the Dutch released, uh, I guess, a pre- an, another preliminary report on the Turkish Airlines uh, crash. And so now they, they haven't actually given us a transcript or a copy of the, uh, the flight data recorder or the, uh, vo- the cockpit voice recorder. Um, but the alarm was going off well before they were in any trouble notifying this crew that the uh, altimeter was off. So they knew it because, you, you know, because uh, what happens is um, you get a ground proximity warning saying, you know, it, literally a, a voice in the cockpit says um, – I'm trying to think on the on the Boeing what it says, but it, you know it's like warning ground 50 feet, you know something like that, and they could see that they weren't at 50 feet. So these guys knew what was happening. They knew that the altimeter was off, and still this horrible accident takes place. There's st- there's so much more to that one, John. It this it stinks. <laughs> Apparently, it stinks. completely stinks. Now, see, you're getting that. See, this is how I, why I'm so grumpy when I'm back in the San Francisco Bay. You're starting to sound like me. <laughs> I'm not grumpy, actually. I'm I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now that the uh, now the bird flu is over, and of course, I missed the uh, the presidential flyby in New York by one day. That was a shame. That was uh, that was quite a. Uh, you got that news, didn't you? Oh yeah, they flew a jet around, and now it's a big scandal. That's another. Don't look here. Oh yeah, n- nothing to see here. I so do not believe. The story that, oh, we were just doing a photo op. I mean, I, I just, I can't believe it. It just, it's not true. Something else well, happened. Well, yeah, and here's the reason that that's, you're probably right. And here's the reason. Why would they tell the New York Police Department point blank not to warn anybody this was going to happen in advance so they could be, you know, aware of it? They made a big, big deal out of it. They said, no, you cannot tell anyone we're going to do this. Why did they, what would be the point of that? And then the New York police, who always distrust the feds, say they're, they're not going to listen to these guys anymore ever because it caused a because they ended up eating crap over the thing. Yeah, yeah. And we're talking, by the way, for people who don't know, that they took the presidential uh, seven forty seven and flew it around the Statue of Liberty 
for photo ops uh, in the middle of the day, and it freaked everybody out in New York. You know, of course, everyone's skittish because there's people were evacuating their office buildings. Yeah, they were they were freaking out, and so meanwhile, then the follow up to this is that Obama was livid. You know, who says Obama wasn't on the plane? He could have been. I don't know I, that he was I, livid I, either. I, I, I think he was on the plane and something happened and there was a reason to divert. Um, and, you know, the, when the news reports came out, it's like, it was the backup plane. What do you mean backup plane? That's I never heard bullshit. of a backup plane. There's no either. backup plane. I've never heard of a backup plane. As far as I know, there's only one air. Well, in, in, any plane the president is on is 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 deemed or is codename Air Force One. But this was the plane. I don't think we have two of them. Did I never we? heard of that. We had two of them. Oh, we, well, of course we have two Obamas, so it would make sense we have we have two. Uh, it would make sense that we have two uh, two Air Force Ones. Well, the funny thing is, if they do have a second one and they've never mentioned it before because of security reasons. What was the point of blowing it by telling everybody there's two of them? Let's watch the way they backpedal on that one. Yeah, and, and you know, and and Robert Gibbs, he immediately was asked in the in the daily press conference. He's like, uh, I don't know. Well, you got here's his answer was even better than that. He's like, uh, you need to talk to the White House. Well, who the hell are you then? So you got to ask. <laughs> you got to ask the White House. So the White House isn't that you, dude? I don't get it. <laughs> it is him. What is that? Uh, and uh, and I'm sure you probably didn't see the, uh, the finally we got one uh, on tape uh, the Obama teleprompter gaffe. Oh, by the way, would, yeah, yeah, we yeah, we do have that. I think there's going to be a lot a lot of those in the months to come. By do the way, I don't think it was uh, that that Obama was diverted because they told the New York Police Department way in advance of that fly around, and that's when they told him not to to do to they couldn't mention because they had, they actually had clearance for it. That's my understanding. You know, so there's something. I think they were doing it just to see if they could scare the public. I, I, there's something screwy about it. Well, I was. Uh, what's What's interesting is I immediately, of course, I I go to try and find air traffic control reports. You know, if if you've got the uh, an F-16, uh, and I only saw one, but apparently there were two, and you've got the, the the president's jet doing low flybys over Manhattan. You know, that the the rest of the uh, air traffic has to know about that. And I couldn't hear. I couldn't find anything. I couldn't find any reports. Or any restricted airspace, or anything like that. It's, it's very strange. And just to say, oh well, yeah, oh I'm sorry, you know, it, it just doesn't cut it with me. Something else, and that's I, I don't have the jingle on standby, but definitely nothing to see here. Please move along, folks. Sorry about that. Yeah, they need to do some explaining, but nobody cares because of swine flu and bombers 100 days. And I will charge QCAS with advising me about national strategies to nurture and sustain a culture of scientific innovation. <laughs> In addition to John, sorry, the, the uh, I just noticed that uh, I, I jumped the gun here. Go ahead and move it up. <laughs> move it up. <laughs> I'd already I'd already introduced all you guests. In biomedicine. It's, and he just goes on like nothing happened. Move it up. Well, he's going to fire somebody over that. I mean, what does it take? You got the, I mean, what does it take to move the teleprompter around, you know, accurately? Well, these, you know, because of course these are all electronic teleprompters. Back in the day, I actually used one that had a conveyor belt with a camera uh, hovering over it with pieces of paper that were slid underneath it. Uh, that was the original teleprompter uh, idea. 
Um, yeah. It's pretty easy for a page to pop up or, or, I mean, or some, you know, flunky was in. I mean, it's easy to screw that up. I've, you know, you see it happen all the time. In fact, watch any of the news networks and you see it happen continuously. And they'll even say, uh, what are we doing? I love that CNBC Mark Haynes always says, and uh, what are we doing now? Yeah, no, you can, there's ways of covering <laughs> your ass when the teleprompter blows up. Yeah. The time I was at, I was at Tech TV once and the thing dropped dead on me. Just dead. Yeah. There was no problem. And it wasn't going to, and it was a live show. And there was, it wasn't coming back. And so I had to read from the cards or the, actually the sheets. Yeah, which and, is good practice anyway. You, know, you should well, be able to do w- that. Yeah, you should. But the funny thing is, it was the first time that ever happened to me in my life. So I did a crappy job of it. Oh. Because yeah. I wasn't prepared. But the next time it happened again, like about a year later, and I was solid with it. And that's why actually when I do Cranky Geeks, I don't even use a prompter. I just go right to the cards. Yeah, you're such a professional. No, it's just fun to do. So, uh,. If I was a professional, I'd uh, have a college degree. There's a punchline in there somewhere. Yeah, I'm somewhere, sorry. My jokes somewhere. aren't. I've been, I'm in the wrong time zone to be funny. Yeah. It's hard for me too, man. I mean, and, and by the way, I'd just like to point out that uh, people who live on the West Coast uh, of America, uh, Gitmo Nation Northwest, are completely clueless and do not give a rat's ass about the rest of the world. And I will and I'll prove my point. Um, I work in London. And people set up meetings that, uh, you know, that involve me that are like three in the morning. You know, there's never ever one single bit of consideration for this little thing called time zone difference. And at 6.30 this morning, my freaking phone rings and it's John C. Dvorak like, hey, uh, good morning. Are you ready? Are you ready to do the show? Like, and, and I said, John, it's 6.30. I'm like, oh, oh, I must have miscalculated it. What is I it? Always, what I is it with Americans that you'd do this? Had no, no, no. People in, in people on the West Coast, even like, oh, well, I got to call London. Oh, that's really expensive. People still think it's expensive to call overseas, and but they, it's so hard to calculate eight or nine hours time difference. Did you not get enough sleep? <laughs> it's it's just rude. Your wife is so right. You're a rude bastard. Oh, you didn't get enough sleep, and you're grouchy. You need a nap. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I need a nap big time. Uh, I think that wraps us up. We'll be able to. Well, actually, now we're going to both be on the West Coast, and and the funny thing is, when we were both on the West Coast, even though the connection will, will yeah, stick. the connection will suck more than uh, more It'll than usual. Suck. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, well, I have a feeling that we're missing all kinds of stuff. Um, let me just have a quick look through. I mean, everything, uh, you're so right. You know, often I'm sitting over there in Gitmo Nation East, and I'm surprised that you don't know about half the shit that's going on. But when you sit here, there is literally nothing that, I mean, is there even a, do they print a different version of the Financial Times here in the U.S.? I mean, this thing is full of crap as well. Is is this just the U.S. version or is this international? I don't understand it. You have no news it, here. No news. Yeah. No, I know. I, I, I've been trying to tell you this, and you, you just keep – you get back over here, and again, you'll forget. Well, at least I won't forget the eight-hour time difference. Okay. <laughs> you, you can take a nap. I can take a nap now. All right. Only uh, only one more week, uh, my friends, and we'll be back to uh, our normal schedule and our normal places and our normal show prep, and uh, we'll have things a little more uh, set up. Uh, so apologies for the timeliness of the program, for the interruptions due to Skypology. And uh, 
there you have it. That's right. <laughs> so what's the deal? When are you flying back, man? I'm coming back Saturday. Okay. I get back in Saturday night. Later. Okay. Can we do Sunday show uh, like at a normal time? Like what? I, I don't know. I need a nap. Can we, can we not do it at 8 in the morning? No, I don't know. How about 11? How about 11? It's Sunday. All right. 11's okay. I can do 11. Yeah, no one else will care. Everyone, everyone's fine with it. I think even this show going up late, probably more people are interested because it, we normally do it so damn early. So. Okay. So, uh, conclusion, John? Uh, conclusion is the same as last week. We, uh, the swine flu is uh, questionably, uh, of importance and, uh, we could use your help at, uh, dvork.org slash NA. Yes. And, um, uh, uh, I'm confused. Never mind. I messed up the timing of the, uh, here, let me do this. Okay. Great. <laughs> I'm sucking. Coming to you from uh, an undisclosed backup crackpot command center in uh, Gitmo Nation West in San Francisco, I'm Adam Curry. And here in uh, Amsterdam, old Amsterdam, I'm, I'm John C. Dvorak. We will talk to you again on Sunday, probably around 11 Gitmo Nation West time. Talk to you then on No Agenda. <laughs>